This week we're talking about D&D horror. Four days before Halloween, let's get inspired to run some creepy adventures. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to another episode of the D&D podcast for everyone, because here we speak common. This is a show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon, your one-stop shop for all D&D needed items, from books to dice to dice trays and more, and they are premium dice too. We're also brought to you in partnership with Describe, the place to go if you're not very good at your creative writing. If you want some box text that's written by professionals to use in your homebrew games, Describe is the place to go. And there's a monthly subscription that gets you access to hundreds and thousands of scenes. If you want to get involved with either of those, there's links for both our partners below. And there are discount codes you can use for Dice Dungeon. It's We Speak Common. And for Describe, it's Common. Both of those get you 10% off respectively. We'll talk more about both of those partners during the episode when I try to shamelessly sell them to my guest. This month... We are also brought to you by Loners, the Dwarven Dark Fantasy book written by D.B. Bray and voiced by Walt Allen over on Audible. You may have heard me talk about it a couple of times this month. I've been listening to it uh, over the course of the last couple of months and I am, to be honest, a little bit obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with anything fantasy, but something about this book has grabbed me. If you're looking for an adult themed dark fantasy D&D-like adventure to enjoy, whether that's actually in book form, in your hands, being read by you, or incredibly voice act acted by Walt Allen on Audible, then Loners is the book for you. I'll talk more about that one later too. Right, with that out of the way and done, uh, today, oh, it's actually very exciting, uh, brand new guest, first time on the show. Hello, Dave. Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm good. Are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm not bad at all. Thank you. Good. I'm having one of those days where uh, I've been away and I suddenly don't know how life works. Now I'm back in like a regular routine. So every day always me that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Dave, you are a member of the We Speak Common Patreon. You are um, a, as we like to call you, a Force Grey Initiative, uh, which yes. means you uh, you love the show so much that you want to come on and chat away about D and D with me, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so. First things first, I mean, we've we've talked quite a few times in the We Speak Common Discord, mm-hmm. but for everybody else, tell us, um, I was going to say tell us your name, we know your name is Dave, <laughs> but introduce yourself and tell me about like, how you got into D&D and what your D&D career is. Yeah, uh, so uh, I'm Dave, first of all, uh, <laughs> and uh, I got into D&D quite late on, um, so I've always been interested in fantasy and sci-fi and all the nerdy things, but um, D&D was like the last bastion. Uh, so <laughs> I uh, got into it when I was, uh, how old was I? Probably about 26, uh, 29 okay. now. So uh, only done it for like three years. Um, but I do that thing where once I get a hobby, I dive into it full force. <laughs> so it's kind of like consumed my life, um, mm. which is good. I love it. It's incredible. Uh, so, yeah, I was a player for about six months and then started DMing and I probably love DMing more than being a player. So, yeah, mm. that's me. Yeah, I I think, well, first of all, I think all of us can say that we it's consumed our lives at yeah. some point or another, if it's not actively consuming. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm probably patient zero for being consumed by the hobby, mm-hmm. let's be honest. But um, 
interesting that you you like being a DM more because I I yeah. certainly like I definitely feel that I was the I'm not a forever DM because I do no. actually get to play like now more than ever I get to play yeah. because I've got like DMs at my table but when I started playing D&D what like nine years ago I was the mm-hmm. the guy that was like hey come and <laughs> come and play this game with me and so I kind of had to be the DM yeah but I have definitely realized that I like being a DM more. I think there's like, okay, it's, it's one of two things. It's either a power trip because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it's the fact that like, I like seeing everything, like knowing mm-hmm. everything and watching people. Like I yeah. like watching the players discover the secrets and uncover things and like learn stuff about the world and go through things I've set up for them, but in ways I never imagined like that, that really grabs me. So yeah, hundred percent same seeing a player's face like light up when you've been planning for something for so long and then it happens. It's, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So did you like, I find that people don't, um, they, don't, they either want to DM or they don't want to DM because they're worried mm. about it. Like Phoebe loves the idea of DMing, but she won't, she won't do it. She's got <laughs> one of the adventures in Candlekeep. Like she's read half of it. She's like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. run it. But then the thought of doing it is a little bit scary to her, which makes yeah. sense to me. 100%. Did you have that or were you like, I'm going to be a DM? I think no. I think at first, like, uh, it was a creative outlet anyway for me because I love, I mean, always been like an artsy person and enjoyed stuff mm. like this. Um, so that part of it was amazing. Loved the writing of it. But then actually doing it, I was bricking it the first time. <laughs> um, so I did it with my family, which was quite good because I knew them well and it was all right with that. But um once I expanded outwards to do it for the group I actually started playing with, I was so nervous, like for the first time. But then I think as you get more comfortable doing it, it's easy. Mm. But I still get that little feeling when I DM every every time as we set up. Like, mm. <laughs> panic. I think the but, nerves yeah. are good though. Like, yeah. Like if you're not a li- you're if you're a little bit nervous, it's because you care, and that's an important yeah. thing. And that's, I mean, that's why I tell myself because I get nervous for everything. But. Yeah. Like that's how I make myself feel better about the nerves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Um, so you've been DMing for what, like two and a bit years? Two and a bit years, yeah. Okay, and today we're going to talk about how to DM and how to run horror yes. at D and D. Okay, which of course is very topical. We're taking a break from Spelljammer because Halloween is here. And uh, we might as well talk about something Halloween themed. Yes, spooky. Um, Season of spooks. I've, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phoebe and I were away this week and we went into, have you ever, so I don't, I don't know if this is just a, an English shop. I don't know if American people are going to know what I'm talking about, but we have the shop called Tiger. Have you been no. to Tiger before? What is a okay. Tiger? Oh my God. So there's Tiger and there's Flying Tiger and Flying okay. Tiger is like the, the pop-up version, but it's like really cheap. But it's like everything. It's like you'll go in and there'll okay. be like iPhone leads and like headphones and there'll be like candles and then mm-hmm. there'll be soap and there'll be Christmas and Halloween decorations and like, but it's, it's laid out in a way that like it's all white. Everything's okay. white except for the <laughs> items. And like they'll always have like back scratches and those just random uh, items. Those, yeah, like those needle <laughs> things that are like art that you push your hand yeah, on yeah, and yeah. then it's, yeah, yeah. What we'll about those? People always put their face in them. Probably Amazing. not COVID safe to do that now. Definitely but, not COVID safe. <laughs> Um, we went in one and there were like loads of Halloween decorations and I was like Fee Mm. we need to buy decorations for our D&D Halloween game so I'm like full on in the spooky season festivities I've got a Halloween themed horror game lined up Yeah. 
I've done one before and I've run horror in D&D and I know that you and I have both run Curse of Strahd. Yes. And you're, you're currently running, 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 running it, right? running it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Part way through. Okay, what other horror D&D experience do you have? Like, where are you drawing uh, from with this? So, um, I've always been a massive horror nerd. Like, I love horror films, horror series, horror books um, mm. since I was a kid. Uh, so I've always been obsessed with it. And then somehow, in any campaign I ever run, it always ends up with some horror element to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. Um, so I have running an Eberron game as well for a group of friends. And the first mission they were in uh, was on a lightning rail. Uh, so I was being attacked by the Emerald Claw, which are all like necromancy, culty people. Uh, so I was like, how has this happened? I have planned for an Eberron game and somehow it's still horror themed. There was like zombies and undead. Mm. <laughs> it was great. The lights were flickering. Uh, yeah. Um, currently, that's, cool. that's still reasonably horrorish. I mean, they're in the Mornland now and there's uh, all sorts going on. Um, you know, mm. like things they are seeing in the mists and very Ravenloft still. So yeah, it's uh, I basically just yeah run horror all the time by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to like to talk about that as well because there's there's ways of having horror appear in games that aren't horror games. Yeah. Per se. Um, also interesting that like you were obsessed with horror as a kid. I was always I I was the kid who was scared of zombies and then at some <laughs> point in my teenage years I suddenly was no longer scared of zombies and was like, I want to watch The Walking Dead. And I was just fine. Yeah. Um, but I've got into more recently than not, I've got into like scary movies uh, nice. and like spooky. Like I don't love jump scares, Okay, but I can <laughs> sit through them. Um, yeah. And like reading things like the Cthulhu mythos and reading mm-hmm. about like cosmic horror and stuff like that. I've got love into it. that quite a lot recently. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, I think first things first, let's talk about horror in like any game, because mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be the most uh, helpful to a wide yeah. audience, like just putting Definitely. bits of horror in it. And then we can talk about like full horror games yeah, uh, towards the end of the episode. Um, and I will say as well, before we dive into this, obviously uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft is out that exists in the world and it does have a really good breakdown of different yeah. types of horror body horror cosmic horror gothic horror all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, I would recommend giving it a read picking up I think it's a good book 100%. I think it would help absolutely you agree? yeah 100% it's one of the best books okay. that they've released in a long time I think uh, outstanding I am convinced that Fisben's uh, Treasury Dragons is going to be like the the new best book they've yeah. released recently but I'm that's a discussion for another time yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so so grab if you if you're thinking of running horror as a main theme in your games definitely grab van richter's guide have a look mm-hmm. through it it's gonna help even if you're not grabbing it for the domains of dread i think the rundown on horror is really important yeah you can definitely because it talks about it. like yeah yeah, like when it talks about like knowing people's boundaries and things and what they mm-hmm. do and don't want to experience, like that's important stuff. That's session so zero good. stuff. Yeah. Make sure you touch base, but we'll get into that later. So um, going back on what you were saying about the the lightning rail suddenly mm-hmm. being a horror session when you have yeah. like the lights flickering and the necromancers, how <laughs> did you did you plan for that to happen or did it just happen? Yeah, so, no, um, so I knew I was going to start on a lightning rail. Uh, I planned a lot out with the players beforehand, like boundaries and stuff like that, just in case I brought horror into it. 
Mm. Um, and then I knew I wanted Undead because I wanted the Emerald Claw and all that side of it, the Blood of Vol involved. Um, but it kind of, the first one, the first um, like time we played, I didn't really plan for it to be horror in the sense that uh, when I was playing for it, I didn't. But then I kind of, as I was planning it, it became horror, mm-hmm. I would say. <laughs> yeah. I so I had I think my similar most recent and I I'm rolling my eyes at myself because I'm going to bring up Dragon Heist again but it's because I've played it for like <laughs> two years. Um, when I was running Dragon Heist, I implemented a lot of my own stuff. It it wasn't a short campaign. It, I made it yeah. into a longer thing. Um, and one of my players was a fungus druid, and they nice. had a connection to Zugtomoy, mm-hmm. who in in the plot was. Uh, work it well her cultists were working in water deep and the reason this character was drawn there they had this birthmark basically my player said here's a birthmark do what you want with it that's um, yeah I love that. and they were they they had like mushrooms calling them to go to places so i said okay well the mushrooms want you to go to water deep <laughs> um and the storyline was that the the knot in the weave underneath water deep was was powering this connection to Zugtomoy. Um, and so the reason they suddenly started picking up on all these threads was because they'd walk past the city of the dead, the large graveyard, like, you know, every other session, like moving Mm -hmm. around the city. And eventually there were some missing posters on the wall. Mm -hmm. Then there were heightened guard presence. Then there was like full lockdown. And it turns out that there were like this, this undead plague across the, um, the city of the dead, which is basically like, the biggest graveyard you could ever imagine. It is basically yeah. a city in itself. Um, <laughs> awkwardly enough, awesome. as a side note, I put this plague in as COVID happened. So <laughs> <laughs> that was that was not intended. It was kind Interesting of a, <laughs> yeah, a weird horror aspect in itself. Mm-hmm. But I had the players infiltrate the City of the Dead and used, uh, what do we call it? Um, when you give a stat block with only one HP so oh, that they're like um, easy to I take know exactly down. what you mean. Uh, minions. Mi- just, minions. Yeah, in general, it's not minions, but it's... Something min- like that. Minions, we'll go with minions. <laughs> yeah, fine. I know there is a term for it, but I forgot. Yeah. Um, so like they were they were going through hordes and hordes of undead and it became a like a zombie horror kind that's of amazing. adventure for, for like three sessions. Yeah, that's um, cool. So for me, I think putting horror in 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 any game there's there's two parts to it there's the build-up there's the suspense yes. and then there's the full-on okay you're in it now yeah. and and this is this is horror because of xyz mm-hmm. um so let's talk about that build-up for me yes. with anything it has to start off really subtle and really mm-hmm. early and it, i like to go so subtle that the players don't even might not even pick up on it at first yeah and they'll only realize when they've like seen something that's more yeah. obvious and then they they put two and two together so for me it was the missing posters and mm-hmm. the the fact that there were like i think one of the there was a um what you call them, like a herald like a news crier who was yeah. saying that there were grave robbings going on and things like that mm. really minute little things that make the players go what what's that oh <laughs> grave robbings sucks and then they walk away <laughs> yeah 
like that. Um, and then later on, they go, oh, all those graves are empty because the bodies were being reanimated by the necromancers <laughs> and the plague. Oh, my God, I get it now. Surprise. Um, <laughs> how do you set up your, your horror so, scenarios? I'm a little bit different. So I do have a build-up, but everything happens very quickly. Mm. Um, for example, on that lightning rail, because it's such a small space, the train's obviously moving. Um, so it started with the light for the lights flickering, and then as they traveled down, they heard like a whistling wind. There was like an opening in the lightning rail on the roof, and then there was a corpse that'd come across, and then bloody footprints leading off further into the train. Mm. Um, and it's just that same buildup, but happening much quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they came across, um, it was two corpses uh, with this like strange dagger in them. And as mm-hmm. soon as the player investigated this dagger, the dagger like plunged further into the corpse and reanimated it. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So uh, that was a shock. <laughs> I but think yeah. as well, though, like the, the two differences there are like, I'm going for horror over the course of like three mm-hmm. sessions and you're going for, we're doing horror right now. Here we go. Yeah. It's getting Here scary. <laughs> so I think it, it just proves that you can do it both ways. But yeah. Um, the, so like the stuff you've just described sounds really cool like i would love to experience that as a player mm-hmm. and i want to point out in in a good way that they are they're like horror tropes like the flickering lights yes the bloody footprints when we we think of like i feel like people talk about cliches cliches and tropes all the time in negative mm-hmm. connotation yeah but in in this aspect, I find that like horror cliches really help to, especially if you're doing it your way, where you're like, okay, there's a bit of horror in this session yeah. rather than over the course of these sessions, um, really set the tone and let the players mm. know what they're in for. Definitely love it. Um, like uh, the, one of my favorites is "Don't Split the Party," which is another thing in yeah. D&D anyway. But you see in horror films all the time, I'm going to go this way, you're going to go that way, and then something will bad will happen to one of them. Uh, mm. Yeah, I love it. Uh, flickering lights, like you said um just haunting noises in the night uh footsteps yeah <laughs> yeah i i'm trying to think of a time when i've done like sudden horror in in a game um mm-hmm. and i so i'm running a currently running what is a one-on-one campaign for sam who's the, the who uh, you know listeners will know and yep. the mod in the server um and he has uh guest players come in and out to like give him a bit of a boost when he's going up against stronger stuff yeah so right now uh wesley's playing with him and they are traveling around the daggerford sort of area of the sword coast and he's i think he's level three level four level three or four Mm -hmm. so he's he's not powerful no and he's coming up against like goblins and um like manticores and you know stuff like that yeah. which is a lot of fun for me but i'm yeah. i'm making them scary and i'm trying to add in that like horror element so they they try they came across the goblins like outpost camp and they were like mm-hmm. trying to sneak up and they stepped on some bark that had been cut oh. off the trees and put in a ring around the goblin camp as yeah, like, like a an alarm. like a yeah an alarm spell that wasn't an alarm and um wasn't a spell and that literally Simon Wes looked at me like Ben goblins aren't smart and I was like are they not <laughs> yes they are <laughs> are they not smart and they got it they both nearly died just from this one camp and Jeez. like I I like to when they get a kill or when when one of the goblins kills something else for example mm-hmm. to really go into it viscerally now obviously 
make sure your players are okay with that. Yes. But adding in that bit of gore and that bit of like slasher thick, I find yeah, really that. adds that. There are moments where Sam has gone, Ben, I actually feel quite sick. Why did you have to go that <laughs> brutal? And I'm like, mate, you're fighting feral goblins who are trying to survive. You've just like come in and tried to start shanking them. Yeah. They're, they're going to, they're going to fight to the death, mate. Um, and it adds that kind of like moments to where we've had discussions now or they've had discussions as, as the characters where Sam's like, I know we've got to go and save this town from these goblins, but I don't think I want to. I'm scared of them. <laughs> and I'm like, good. This is, That's, I'm yeah, adding in really that cool. kind of scary horror vibe. Yeah, um, very like Goblin Slayer goblins. They are truly horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I find that using different like if i think of horror i think of like the films that i've seen so mm-hmm. if i like use a little bit of slasher and a little bit of suspense and a little bit yeah. of you know like ghostly writing on the wall in blood or something yes. like those tropes really help to just suddenly set the scene and give that vibe that you want to give yeah and what what kind of horror you normally like watch what you go to uh so what did i watch recently i watched something without phoebe because phoebe's not a big horror fan she doesn't like scary stuff yeah um Oh god, it was I remember it being really, really good. I have forgotten. I do like watching things like um uh there's there's a, f- a series of three films, a trilogy is what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. that that are like based off of the old uh I forget what it is, but it's the like the, the summer camp and there's a guy that attacks oh, and like kills yes, all the yes. what's it called? I mean yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, I watched yeah, the, I three of, yeah. the three of those. I was like, oh, this is like comical horror. I quite enjoy yes. that. Comical I enjoy great. things like um, uh, it's a stage show and the film's got Daniel Radcliffe in, The Woman in Black. I enjoy oh, yeah. things like that that are like spooky, scary. That's fun. Have you seen Haunting of Hill House? No, it's on my list to watch. I've you heard it's need very good. to watch that. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Very yeah. scary. <laughs> and then I obviously I like things like I I really enjoyed the old black and white Dawn of the Dead Day of the Dead films. Yeah, yeah I love good. zombies now. It's funny yeah. I used to hate them, but I really do love zombies now. So like Walking <laughs> Dead, like I would I wouldn't class that as horror anymore. But Phoebe started watching that with me from the yeah. beginning. And if you go back and watch like the first season of The Walking mm-hmm. Dead, it's like a proper horror show. Yeah, it's really good. And, it, and they, they capture that eeriness. Like, if, oh, okay, so we talk about inspiration all the time. But if you want to, to get some horror inspiration, things like early seasons of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. um, the film Dawn of the Dead is quite good. Uh, scary films like 28 Days Later, these are all zombie yes. ones, I know, but bear with me. <laughs> they, I feel like they capture that quiet, eerie feeling. And if you can yeah. put that across to your players you're gonna nail that horror vibe like if they're if they're going down a street in the city but it's quiet and they can't hear anything like it's dead silent if you can put that across in in descriptive words if you can say and describe how you you can hear a pin drop and you can feel you know you can hear the stones moving in the wind on the on the on the floor in the dirt or whatever stuff like that oh my god I am Legend is another good one for that. Oh yes, I yeah. imagine is an amazing film yeah. for that. Yeah, um, couple it with some tension backing music, yes. and you are you are gonna nail that eerie vibe. Definitely, easily. like dim lighting, some background music, a few candles at the table. Mm-hmm. Love it. 
I find as well that um, if I can, if I know that I'm going for horror, if I can describe mm-hmm. or know how I'm going to describe something yeah. in, in my prep, it helps. Like if I know I want 100%. to do a bit of body horror, I, I start writing out little sentences like, you know, how an umber hulk cuts someone yeah. in half and things like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or if I'm going for that eerie horror, I might overly write out the description of a room and talk about, you know, the, the thick layer of dust on the mirror and the cobwebs that hang in the corners of the room and things like that. Yeah. Um, that's was, how I set tone. Yeah. Like it was like viscous liquid and howling winds and just yeah. like very descriptive words of senses is key. Mm, mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I was going to leave it a little bit longer, but I feel like we've perfectly transitioned there, Dan. Do you know where <laughs> you would get really good descriptions for your D and D games? Where's that then? <laughs> That would be describe.com, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B.com. They're a, uh, they're a wonderful place to go. Have you had a look, Dan? There, Dave? I don't know what I'm calling you Dan. <laughs> Who's I Dan? Gonna, I was going to type that you called me Dan. But <laughs> Did I ever, have I called you Dan twice no, now? Twice, yeah. <laughs> who, who the fuck is Dan? I've been talking to you for like three Dan. hours today. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. Oh, God. Uh, I have had a Dave. Yes, I am actually a subscriber on there, I think. That's interesting. Did you know that you could get 10% off your monthly subscription if you use the code common when you uh subscribe? You know what, Ben? I did. I used it. <laughs> Good. I'm grateful. I'm grateful, Dave. <laughs> Dan. Dave, Dan, Dan, Dave. <laughs> Mate, I'm so tired. I'm so sorry. It's all right. I um, forgive you. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just impressed you didn't call me out on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to type it and <laughs> just oh, to let you know, so... but it's fine. Just it's fine. call me Sam. It's fine. I forgive you. Yeah, it's not calling you um, Sam. Uh, yeah, it describes a wonderful place. Basically, if you want to do a horror game and you want to describe things in in real descriptive terminology there's no other way to say describe is there? Um, no. Then head to describe. There's a link below. Have a look at some of their listed uh, free box texts that you can use without being a member get a feel for what they've got going on there's scenes monsters locations all that stuff and then if you like it subscribe it's mm-hmm. uh, 10% off for every month for the first two years if you use the word common as a code when you check out um dave dice yes this me have you got it is it's not done have you got um, not i'm not gonna live that down ever someone's gonna be like God, <laughs> ben doesn't even yeah. know his patrons names he's a bastard <laughs> it's not true uh it's just been a very long week for me yeah that's <laughs> the first time you called me dan all day so that's interesting <laughs> yeah I, I know um have you got any halloween themed dice I have some dice that um have skulls inside them they're very exciting oh that's quite cool yeah i like that cool. do they roll well uh, no, they roll terribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the problem. Whenever I see dice with things inside, I'm like, yeah. hmm, are these going to work? Uh, well, I have lots of dice um, because Same. I'm a goblin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking of goblins. Uh, <laughs> but my best dice are from the Dice Dungeon, of course. Um, of course. And do you know what? I don't actually think I've got any Halloween-y kind of dice from them. I might have to go and put an order in because... I think the closest I have, and again, I mention these ones all the time because they are so gorgeous, are the plain shard dice that I have. They are so like nice. Dark and spacey and mm-hmm. like, ooh, 
Please yeah. don't look on there again. I haven't been on there for a while looking at dice. Oh, oh, there's lots going on on the Dice Dungeon website right now. And um, having I was having a chat with Ben yesterday. There's mm-hmm. there's some interesting stuff coming down the line. So if you haven't been to look Ooh. at the Dice Dungeon website recently, if you haven't stocked up on dice, go and have a look. Again, link in the description below, and you can use the code We Speak Common for ten percent off your entire basket. And right now, you can pre-order uh, Fizzbins Treasury Dragons uh, if you haven't done it yet. I have. I've put my pre-order in yeah I'm very excited so what i've got there recently is the limited edition version of van richen's guide to ravenloft oh you got the limit you got the limited edition one i think it might be still on there i have Mm. the uh i have the standard cover it's the Mm -hmm. one of the only times i've gone for a standard over a limited Mm. purely because i wanted the art of strad like flapping his his cape and scary so cool. and yeah is it esmeralda on the front yes sure. i think so yeah. yeah i think it might be hang on uh i'll open it and have a look uh yes mm-hmm. yeah it is um but yeah it, it's it's actually yeah if you are going to do horror and you haven't got yourself van richtens go and grab it from um from dice dungeon right now and you might still be able to get yourself a limited edition version with your discount as well. With the code we speak common, thank you very much, Dave. Well done, well no implemented. There. <laughs> just, <Sam. laughs> um, it, it, we've talked about that book, but actually, because I've just yes. remembered that there's also the um, Ouija board at the back, which is yes. fun. Uh, have you used that in game yet? No, I really. So my missus has a thing about Ouija boards, so I'm probably not going to be allowed to use it in the house. I may have to go around someone else's house to use it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Phoebe and I yeah. were in a very witchy village while we were mm-hmm. away. I went away for a work last week um, and she came with me and was like, can I have a holiday? I was like, yes, if you don't mind me working half a day every day. <laughs> so <laughs> we had spent like the morning of each day exploring and we went to a very witchy village and we walked into a shop and she went, oh, Ben, Ouija boards. And I went, what? like <laughs> sorry who are you do you, are you do you really want a ouija board we didn't buy one unfortunately no. but um yeah no i get i get the uh the I not, not using the ouija walk, board in the house but yeah mm. there's a definite definite thing there like do we risk this do we risk yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah even though my character's doing it in a make-believe world and i'm not actually doing it <laughs> yeah am precisely. i channeling something yeah, yeah. um but yeah, check that on, out. Um, yeah, on. on the note of living in witchy villages, I live um, near Pendle Hill with all the oh. Pendle witches and all that stuff. So where I live is very, very like steeped in war of witches and fae and cool stuff like that. So that's cool. That's fun. We should yeah. we should actually talk about witches as well and bringing horror. Yeah. But before yes. we do, I've got one more final ad read for you because this month... <laughs> Um, this is the last week, actually, that we are being supported by Loners, which is a D&D Dwarven Dark Fantasy. Um, are you a big reader, Dave? I, so I'm, I listen to more audiobooks, but I will definitely give this a listen. I've been oh, to check well, it out. Yeah, if you listen to audiobooks, then this this is right up your street. So Loners is a an adult fiction fantasy book about a dwarf called Yari Rockjaw. And he is he's like he's a bounty hunter, so he's got um this group of people that follow him around and he goes around and does bounties and makes money and he's offered like the 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 one final job, you know, the, the <laughs> score you could retire on. And it's a bloody difficult job. Uh, and it and it follows that story, but it's it's such a good listen because the voice actor, Walt Aaron Allen, who narrates the book, is so good at the different voices. Nice. It is 
worth a try as a as a listen it's nine and a half hours long um but it, it flies by and yeah. of course if you're not into audiobooks you can get it as both hardback and paperback so it's called loners it's by db bray uh, google it you'll find it um and enjoy it it's uh it's a very uh, i'm trying to think of a good word to describe it other than like <laughs> adult and dark it's yeah. uh edgy uh edgy yeah edgy in a good way though in a yeah. good way <laughs> check it out um and it's it's been a lot of fun listening to so um a big big shout out to well alan who got in touch and said hey would you like to check out this book and share it so yes i did thank you it was great <laughs> um, on the note of audiobooks um they are great well audiobooks and normal books in general they are great for writing D&D stuff by picking up words for horror because obviously mm. you're reading a description of how they would write it as a horror author. Yeah, the, so. there's, um, I have a copy of uh, the, so there's so many different versions of this, but my copy is The Call of Cthulhu and Other Weird Stories. And it's mm-hmm. a paperback book. It's the size and thickness of a normal book. And it's not got all of the stories in but it's got a good few you'll know it because it's a white book and the edges edges of the pages are made to be like journal pages so they're That's like fun. actual like ripped paper whereas inside the actual pages are like normal book pages um but that's got that's a great read for like improving your lexiconic language mm-hmm. and like getting in more describing words and being able to really delve into that horror of like not knowing something mm-hmm because there's cool. a there's a there's a knack to it, I think, in describing how you don't understand what you're seeing. Because how do you describe something yeah. in a way difficult. that someone doesn't know what it is, but does know what yeah. it is? Really yeah. difficult. Cosmic horror in general is very very hard. I think it's the hardest one to do. I would say um, cosmic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, this is well on the note of cosmic. Have you ever watched Color of Space? No, I or haven't. Red? So that's, <laughs> it's a very slightly cheesy because it's a Nick Cage film, but okay. very, very, very well done cosmic horror. Like the buildup is slow and it's weird. And then there's some body horror in there that I'm not going to get into, but it's very, very graphic and very well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend it for if you're doing cosmic or uh, body horror. Okay, Truly cool. horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. It's like we're giving homework instead of actual tips. Yeah, that's the, a lot of horror. I think a lot of horror is like you need to do. You need to look at horror media definitely to do horror. I would say it's very difficult mm. to not do it without checking something out at least. Yeah. So let's let's talk about witches then, because hags are like a a very standard D and D creature. Yes. How would we? How would you take a hag and make it instead of like a typical high fantasy D and D encounter? How would you make it a D and D horror encounter? So in my Eberron game, the patron, the group patron is the Doors of Sorakel, which are a group of very very powerful hags, um, mm-hmm. and one of my players is a warlock who their patron is them. Um, so I describe them. As they're all very different looking. One's quite like, it looks like a beautiful woman. Another one's like an old crony kind of style. And the other one's like quite a, like almost like a troll. And a lot of them, the descriptions were depending on each one. So like the old crone, for example, was um, like shrouded, but then you could see like 
deep wrinkles and recesses and something mm. crawling around in there underneath the you know the clothing or something like that. Um, and the other one, so th- this the good thing for this one is it's different horror in each aspect of them. Uh, so you've got like the charm of this very good looking woman, uh, this the middle hag uh, that has like this draw to her, like you can't say no, uh, yeah. which is very scary. And then obviously the troll is just brutal savagery, like they could just tear you apart. Yeah, so, I like that. That's quite nice. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, I... Go on. Go on. No, go on. Go, go, go. <laughs> uh, so I, one of the main ones I said was like elongated arms. Like I like my hikes to have like weird, like look human, but they have what, weird like extra features. joints. Yeah. Like it just oh. looks like something like uh, something not quite right. Uh, what's the mm-hmm. word for it? Um, uh, the Uncanny Valley. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is, so that, if anything freaks me out more in life, it's Uncanny Valley stuff. It really weirds me out. So I love using that in uh, in my horror, definitely. Where something's mm-hmm. just not quite right. Yeah, and I find like if you take something very normal and change it just slightly, so like mm-hmm. the elongated joints, like putting an extra joint in fingers so yes. that you've got three yeah. or cool. four points where they bend. <laughs> like yeah. that's something that's simple enough to imagine and simple enough yeah. to explain and describe that mm-hmm. it's... But it's... So you can describe it enough yeah that it's horrible and and ugly and you can think about it and shudder but it's also so simple and -hmm. easy to do um yeah that's 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 actually on edge as well like you can just put them on edge and then you can just slam something horrific out of nowhere into them a bit later on yeah yeah if they just feel (laughs) uncomfortable about it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so there are some hags in Tomb of Annihilation. I won't talk too much nice. about them, but they are yeah. they're a coven of three and they're all different. It's like one has a bag over their head. The oh, other is cool. like, I think one of them, oh, I, I try to remember, I can only, I can, I think she's called Baggy, Baggy Nana or something like that, which is <laughs> no, how I remember her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the... They're, they're called the Soon Sisters, but they are quite mm-hmm. linked into the plot. So don't Google it if you're playing. But mm-hmm. they um, they have very different appearances. I'm trying to remember what the other two are. I'm going to flick through and find it. But like, they're, it's a different kind of horror in the fact that they're so um, like un, unnatural to, mm-hmm. to the human eye yeah. that you can you can describe them in that way. Yeah. So Baggy Nana has a squirming level sack sewn on her head. Ooh. Peggy Deadbells oh. <laughs> wears a string of chattering children's teeth and thumps about on a heavy peg leg. Love that. And Widow Groat has tarnished gold coins covering her eyes and ants nesting in her skull. Incredible. Um, the ants serve as her spies, which is gross. She can, like, That's send them so out. cool. Love that. So they kind of fall into that weird body horror kind of horror, mm-hmm. but, but they're also that, like they're so unnatural kind of horror mm-hmm. but if you but if you describe it in a realistic way because like if you think about a woman with ants on her you could go really roll dial and be ridiculous but if you describe it in a grotesque way like oh yeah, yeah. they're crawling in and out of her ears like oh god that's <laughs> yeah. ugh. Yeah, Even that just, just makes me... Eyelid, like, oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting. Um, that's the type of reaction you want to have yeah. when you're describing horror stuff. Um so you can pretty much take any D&D monster or villain and do that with them. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's 
I feel like I don't know if we've given enough examples, but I also don't want to give too many because my spine is already shuddering. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about D and D campaigns as as yes. a whole, rather than just bits of, D- of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, we're both running Curse of Strahd. Yes, tell me what you think. But I always remember there's there's somewhere in Curse of Strahd, and and it's one of the best adventures. I think everybody says that. Yeah, it's but, really good. It says, you know, this is a gothic horror adventure. It's dark. It, it's, you know, it's constantly overbearing in in like the helplessness of the player situation. But there mm-hmm. are moments of humor and there are yes. moments of light. And I think the that is the best thing to remember when you're if you're running or you're planning a horror campaign. Allow there to be moments of reprieve and yeah. like, or reprieve and um, and moments of humor and moments of light because that if it's just pure horror it's just going to become yeah normal too but much. also too mm-hmm. much yeah it's going to bog you down what do you think too much yeah definitely um for example in my coaster game my last session i had um the players found a vampire spawn that was a young girl down in the basement uh, and they were arguing whether they were going to let this girl free because they didn't know that she was a vampire spawn. And I managed to get a jump scare out of them, which was great as they were arguing. So mm-hmm. that was fun. Uh, so kind of like, was saying this girl's crying. They were arguing whether they let her go or not. And then you just like change your voice and then like say she lunges towards them as well. And they they all like yes. freaked out, which was great. Um and then anyway, so then I eventually get chased off because I was planning them to have this respite that we're talking about in this town. Uh, I think it was Valaki. And then they ended up letting this vampire spawn go. Uh, they get chased out of the town because of it. And uh, basically they ended up, I had to reposition this lightheartedness because they just had horror for like three sessions straight. Mm. Um, so they luckily found um, the Mad Mage and went inside his... Uh, home um or mansion uh yeah and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um yeah they had the little respite there which was good but uh, it's definitely key because it can be like such a strain on uh relationships within the party which is a good thing sometimes but it can get too much uh yeah. and also yourself as a dm as well like you do not want to be running horror constantly because you're just on the edge of your seat trying to think of new things and mm. adapting and definitely it's nice yeah. to have those little moments. And I think Curse of Strahd is such a good example of gothic horror because it's mm-hmm. like that kind of... Gothic horror, I think, is... I always, You know how, like, old car, um, old comic books and superhero films were, like, people describe them as campy? Mm-hmm. And, like, how they're, like, a bit kind of whimsical. Yeah. And whereas now you watch a superhero movie and it's, like, it's rooted in reality, right? Yeah. Gothic horror for me is horror, but it's a little bit whimsical. And it's a <laughs> yeah, little bit, definitely. like, rooted in, in in that bizarre kind of almost laughable kind of yeah. reality where, like, oh, yes, the Count is, is laughably evil. He has a cape and he hides <laughs> behind it. But, like, it's, stuff like yeah. that adds in you put that in curse of strad with count strad obviously yeah. but then you also have those moments of you know you're walking through the woods and there's grass and 
leaves and twigs cracking off to your left mm-hmm. and suddenly there's wolves prowling and it's like tension and and you don't know if you're going to be able to get away from them or if they're going to attack you or if they're just following yes. you for some reason like stuff like that you mix it together and you get this beautiful light and dark flip that has this constant overtone of okay mm-hmm. we're in a bad situation we're constantly being perused and followed and mm-hmm. Uh, pursued and followed not perused <laughs> being <laughs> that's pursued technically <laughs> yeah that's not, well kind of um, you know what how do we how do we survive that kind of stuff and and i yeah. and i think that's where gothic horror um and where strad as an, as an adventure succeeds so well definitely yeah gothic horror is really good that's i think gothic horror is probably the easiest to get into because mm-hmm. like i said it can be light-hearted at times and it's very tropey so that's always good yeah very and a lot of the a lot of the creatures in D&D are like gothic horror traditional yeah. creatures like you know the zombie the gargoyle the werewolf Vampires, the, the yeah. vampire and like and then you go to like Van Richten's guide and you've got Nosferatu who mm-hmm. is like proper traditional gothic horror yes. but like still terrifying truly horrible yeah 100% yeah. um talking about you, you mentioned jump scares in D&D mm-hmm. I think a lot of people might be like, well, how do you pull that off? Um, <laughs> and I think you described it perfectly. I remember we were playing a game once where I had these these creatures. Um, this was in a homebrew world, so it was during mm-hmm. the Convergence, and they'd come through from a different plane. And they were like humanoid, but the, I think I used... I forget what they're called. They're in one of the books, um, not the Monster Manual, and mm-hmm. like they, they're, they're humanoid, but they're like hairless and one of them has arms that are really really long spikes and one of them has and they like oh, fire off and harpoon that's you that's cool and one of them like howls and moans um what is this i want to know what this is now i, I need to think this. they <laughs> might be they might be in volos it's either volos or morning kynans um but they're like they're not demons i don't think they're from a different it's got to be morning kynans hang on i'm gonna find it for you because i know people are gonna want to know what yeah that's about. amazing um these are like proper horror creatures yes uh here we go they are um they're monstrosities they are sorrow sworn I've so modern canaan's page 231 you have the angry the hungry the lonely the lost the wretched uh and they are humanoid monstrosities one of them's got two heads on this have you ever seen that um there's a a thing that like some scientists made and it was like a human life dummy of someone who would be designed to survive a car crash yes if you've never seen that google it that's what the the angry looks like with hooked hands (laughs) the um the hungry is this webbed fingered massive mouthed like sunken-eyed really skinny creature the lonely has these spikes as arms and feet that it can fire off and harpoon you in with um the lost has like six arms yeah they're 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 horrific they're amazing yeah but i described them as like walking slowly through the trees and like moaning so it's oh, like oh yeah you no. know you can, <laughs> yeah you can see this silhouette of uh, of a humanoid moving through the forest and you they're like oh i'll just call out and say hello i was like yeah okay so you call out and you say hello and in response you just hear and yeah, it's like horrifying. what the fuck is that um but then they like shine a light and they see it. And as soon as they shine a light on it, it like oh, runs yes. at them 
and move. And I always describe like something moving so fast as moving as if there are mm-hmm. frames missing out of a film. Yes. So it kind of like cool. jolts and jumps. Yeah. Um, and if you can do that kind of like suspenseful, oh, what is this thing? Oh, that's creepy. And then suddenly it springs at them. That's how yeah. you get a jump scare in D&D. Yes. I love the uh, the idea that you see something one minute and then you, you look away for a brief moment, you blink and it's gone. Oh my God, yeah. somewhere else. Oh, that sends shivers down my spine. I love the that The Weeping so Angels in Doctor yes, Who exactly, are a yeah. great example. I was terrified of those. I think so many people yeah. are terrified of those creatures. Yeah. Because of how they work, if you can implement that into a D&D villain... That'd be incredible, yeah. There's so many things that you can do for horror. It's just a case of describing it and, mm-hmm. and framing it in that line, yeah. I think. 100%. Description is literally all horror is, the way you say something. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I was gonna... Oh, that's it. I was gonna... There's one other thing I wanted to talk about for horror. Um, so, years ago... Okay, let me start again. Dave, okay. if I say the actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, do you know what I'm talking about? So, no, I've heard you speak about it before. I have no idea what you're actually on about. Okay, so Shia LaBeouf, the actor, of course. Yes, of course. Um, there is a song on the internet. It was originally, it came, this is like ancient internet history at this point. It yeah, was a song that came that. out Yeah, uh, called Actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. And it was like okay. this jokey song, right? <laughs> if you go and Google it now, there's a full mm-hmm. stage, like there's a really good video of it. I'll send it to you later, Dave. Okay. But it's, um, it's like a full production and Shia LaBeouf is in it at the end. But it's a song about a cannibal who is... Shia LaBeouf so it's just a song about mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf but he's a cannibal basically <laughs> <Being a> cannibal. <laughs> yeah 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 um, and he uh, so I'm gonna actually grab the lyrics so that I can because okay. they're important to the story uh, <laughs> key. Sh- okay. yeah, they, yeah they are uh, it actually comes up on Google if you Google Shia LaBeouf uh, I'm gonna have to have a look at it in a bit uh, and then I just want the lyrics uh, oh apparently he did an interview about it as well incredible so, there you go <laughs> I don't know when it came out. So, right. So the song is things like, you're walking in the woods, there's no one around and your phone is dead. Out the corner of your eye, you spot him, Shia LaBeouf. He's following you about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So it's this horror. It's a horror. That's horrific. That is horrific. Yeah. Someone made a stat block for him (laughs) years ago and I put him (laughs) into one of my games. So this is, and and this is why I want to talk about it because it's a jokey thing, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's a joke to come across Shia LaBeouf in your D&D game, (laughs) but I made it horror in the setup and the payoff. So the game that we were playing was about how monsters are coming in from like other planes and taking mm-hmm. over and uh, they the players had gone to a village where people were were being were, were missing they were gone they'd go missing mm-hmm. um and the local town's guard didn't know what to do they couldn't work it out uh, there were no monster sightings uh, i can't remember exactly how i did it but there were some clues to the fact that it was linked to the forest and mm-hmm. so the players obviously were like, right, we'll go and deal with it. We'll go and find out what's going on. Thinking it to be some sort of monster that yeah. was creeping out of the woods and taking children and, and adults and eating them. <laughs> yeah. And I prepped to the point where when they were walking through the woods in my descriptions, I started to put the lyrics in. <laughs> so 
like I describe like yeah okay you 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 get in you start you walk down the path and it, it the you know the the canopies overhead of the trees blocks out the sunlight it gets really dark so you're now walking in the woods and there's <laughs> no one around you that's <laughs> like, incredible that's, I love that so much <laughs> and I remember one of the players like about you know five verses in went wait are we and I was like what and he looked at me. <laughs> And sort of like had the realization, and I just sort of smiled, and he was like, "Okay," and then didn't say anything, and I was like, "Glad he didn't say anything." Yeah. Um, so they eventually got to this house and in the in a shack in the woods, and like that's where the horror comes in. I mean, the horror is in the lyrics anyway. You know, you're in the yeah. woods, you're alone, something's following you. They hear footsteps walking behind them. They stop when they stop. The footsteps stop. They look around. They can't see anything. Eventually they do see something, but it's on all fours and it's running after them. Um, so they, they never know it's a human all the way through until they get to the, the cabin in the woods. That's they so find good. like the axes and the blood and pieces of people, which is like mm-hmm. the body horror aspect coming in and the yeah. slasher fic. And then they fight actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, at which point they realize it's actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. They're all <laughs> laughing and joking. And I say, yeah, what you see is a man and he kind of looks like this. And then I show them a picture of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> and that's when they all suddenly got it. And it's like, there's your light. There's your humor yeah. in the horror. Then they have the fight. Then they go back to the village at the end and they explain to the town's guard what it was and that it was just a man. And the whole theme of the episode is that, or the, or the episode, the um, the session is mm-hmm. that horror doesn't mean ungodly cosmic creatures you've never seen before. No. It can be human beings who are twisted and psychopathic it's even scarier i think hunt you down yeah yeah 100 percent um mm-hmm. so i i mean i hope that story explains how you can take anything and make it horror i think no, that's it does. amazing i love that so much i will send you the song i'm actually gonna yeah. listen to the song after we've done recording because now <laughs> now i have the urge it is so good um maybe we'll jump into the vibe zone on the discord channel yeah, and, and I'll, should, yeah. I'll get the bot to play it so we can listen to it uh but yeah it's you can you can pretty much take anything and make it horror if you yes. if you really want to oh my god okay i feel like i've said a lot dave I'm trying to think if there's anything else we've missed what, um, if that's what i was going to ask you you're ahead of yeah. me yeah uh hmm do you have any, if not, do you, what are your, like, let's, let's sum up the tips and tricks for, for running horror, whether it's session yeah. wide or campaign wide. So I would look at, definitely get Van Richten's 100%. Yeah. Because that like talks you through everything you need to know, really. Um, probably better yeah, than that, than it? Actually, <laughs> it actually does break down each of the types of horror too. Yes. So like, I mean, we've talked about body horror, slasher horror, gothic horror. We've, we haven't really talked about cosmic horror, but that's kind of like the unexplained yeah, horror. But it talks about folk horror, which is kind of like Shia LaBeouf, I guess. Folk horror is incredible. It's my favorite by far. Yeah, of I, horrors. I yeah. definitely think Shia LaBeouf fits, fits into folk horror. Yes, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it talks about dark fantasy. It talks about ghost stories, which we've kind yeah. of touched on. And then it even has the, the bonus ones, which is like disaster horror, occult detective mm-hmm. stories, psychological, oh, and slasher. Yeah, um, you usually find that they all mix together anyway, like a lot of the time. Like yeah. there'll be elements in each thing of like but it, everything. It, it gives uh like monsters that fit each type and then like yeah. p- 
plots and and adventure sites and things that you can use so like you know like folk horror an adventure site would be a, a hag's hut that stands on top of a yeah. hill you know just a village like in the that. middle of nowhere like yeah over, just, overlooked yeah. by a castle on a hill yeah exactly precisely yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah it's just yeah very there's a lot of stuff in there that's very very helpful that i mean even like i stuff that i have never thought of before and gone wow that's actually a great idea i'll use that what other tips do you have uh so definitely i would say i know we keep repeating it but watch read listen to horror that mm. is the best that's the only way i've done learn from it is by doing that and then just running it i would mm. say that and then music in the background if you're playing online or in person um yeah. definitely dressing you know the table the room appropriately just everything adds to it so if you can get find a theme of what you want to run and then just like go all out is the best thing to do yeah yeah that's a really good that's a really good tip i think yeah. for me um absolutely agree ravenloft's uh van richard's got a ravenloft's a great so book good. for this yeah um if you don't want to watch horror films or read horror books i think then the other thing to do is to Think of the things that make you and your players uncomfortable, not things that cross boundaries, not things that like are too much, but the things that are a little bit unsettling. So, for example, Phoebe, uh, she doesn't mind snakes, snakes on their own. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. As soon as you describe a pile of snakes linked together, writhing, <laughs> like if she was in the room right now, she'd be having her fingers in her ears. Like she can't even think about it. So, yeah. th- like me, spiders. I hate spiders. Yeah. Things like that. If it doesn't cross a boundary, like I don't like. If we're gonna fight a giant spider, we're gonna fight a giant spider. It's gonna creep yeah. me out though. Yeah. But it doesn't cross. Session a- zero is key. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So use that session zero. Find the things that they're creeped out by. Mm-hmm. Write them down put them in a book close that book put it away for a while let them forget mm-hmm. you've asked and then when they've forgotten you've asked use them against them yeah <laughs> um, rats are a because, thing they don't like oh rats. yeah oh my god the rat king is is rat a, kings. No. for people who hate rats yeah that, that'll nope. do it um no go and google that i won't i won't describe it because yeah, they no, will, they will cry um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you know use that stuff absolutely if you can't like sit and watch traditional horror things um and then the other thing i would say is take the mundane and make it scary yes so the hags with the extra joint in their fingers the um things like lights flickering like we said um, yeah lights flickering the sound of wind howling winds like through cracks in walls so i live i've lived in a in old farmhouses like all my life mm-hmm. and i'm used to the sound of wind howling through cracks in windows and doorways but the first time i heard it it was terrifying it's creepy it's weird use yeah. stuff like that and um looking and out t- windows or looking in mirrors is another good thing you oh see something God. moving in the woods or you see your reflection yeah. move in a different way i used to live in a house that overlooked a, a, like a huge field behind us Mm-hmm. And if I looked at that on a night and imagined like fog and then just hundreds of like yeah. silhouettes of people walking towards <laughs> yeah. me, like that's terrifying. Use stuff like that. Take something mundane, like an open field, make it horrifying by having yeah. fog roll in and people walking through it. Um, anything can be scary if you just dress it in the right way. Yeah, I see. I can see a cave from my house. So that's something else. Um, a, a cave? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like a hill in the back of my house. 
and I can there's like a cave in it that I can see from my window in my bedroom. Oh my god! <laughs> so, yeah, like imagine yeah. looking out and seeing like two glowing red eyes in the entrance yeah. of the cave. Like, yeah. oh, no, I'm done. Yeah, precisely. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, just um, little things like that. Footsteps, like just noises, things that aren't meant to be there in normal life for the players. Mm, we'll just. Mm. Tip them over the edge that a little bit, and then they'll fall if you just throw something else in there. If you really want to go the extra mile as well, if you're playing audio and stuff, you can make audio that has stuff tied mm-hmm. into it. So yeah. if you've got the ambience of a forest and you know there's like very uh, distinct crow sounds and you know where that yeah. is in the track, you can describe the fact that the, 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 the characters hear a crow Coring, and then if the crow then cores in the track as you say it that's going to hit your players hard they're like yeah. oh my god because they're going to yeah. be bought into it and they're going to be there um, stuff like yeah. that yeah that all goes a long way um cool well look we've been chatting for an hour i think we've mm-hmm. i think we've talked about horror i think we've dressed it up um yeah. with tips and tricks that people can use and i think if you're listening to this on the 28th of october when it comes out and you're thinking oh, i'm inspired now to do some halloween stuff but i've only got like three days to plan um don't worry about it too much give it a google there's loads of like halloween themed stuff out there so many if you are a member oh so many if you are a member of the We Speak Common Patreon, you can grab my notes to go along with the Strad Must Die Tonight article from D&D Beyond and run that. That's a lot of fun. Um, yes. I'm going to be running Strad Must Die Tonight in space this year, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Dave, what are your Halloween plans? Uh, my Halloween plans are I am running Curse of Strad, my Halloween plans. Ooh, is it going to be an yes. important session or just the uh, next session? Well, on? they are going to... So- I was briefly speaking about it before, but they are going to get their invitation to the wedding of Irina and Strahd. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. I really want to run Strahd again. I think Halloween is my only time I get to do it at the moment. I need to run that campaign again. Um, (laughs) Do it. Cool. Well, my my Halloween plans are Strahd must die tonight, so I guess we'll be doing something uh, similar. Mm. Strahd, Strahd, Strahd. There's a reason why he is uh, one of He's the best villains yeah. in D&D. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I guess that's the last tip of advice. The last tip is if you want to do a horror campaign and you haven't run Curse of Strahd, do that. Yeah, do it. Because it's very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dave, I feel like I've talked to you this whole time. <laughs> no, I think it's been good. I think very good. Report, I always, I, I always think like I go in and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let them talk, and then I go, oh, I've got ideas. <laughs> Just shouting um, each other all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's been wonderful chatting to you. Yeah. Um, good chat. So thank you for joining me. No problem. And um, I tell you what. Uh, I'll do my usual thing of if you if you want to get involved with with We Speak Common, if you want to send in suggestions for topics, if you want to do an Agni on or or you know just follow us on Twitter and stuff at We Speak Common on Twitter and Instagram, We Speak Common Pod on Facebook, uh, We Speak Common is the email address. All of the links can be found on Twitter. And if you want to support the uh, show, you don't have to; it's free internet content. But if you want to uh, and you want to get access to things like uh, campaign notes, uh, things that you can use in your D&D game, including uh, exclusive 5e books that I've written, or even just get access to our actual play series, The Cosmic Causeway, a week early, then the Patreon is the place to go. And uh, Dave, 
rate yes. it for me. Go on. Very good. On spot. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll I love it. No, it's, you know what the best part about it is, is the fact, for example, what we're talking about now mm. is we might not have covered everything here, but if you were in the Patreon, people ask questions to each other all the time. Like yes. there's always people going, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I think that's amazing. Yeah, the main benefit of supporting is the access to the We Speak Common Discord server. Um, and yeah, 100% right. I'm so... I'm so proud of our little community and the conversations yes, we have pretty much daily. So come and join us there. Come and hang out with us and chat more about, about D&D, life, the universe and everything. Mm-hmm. And scary things. <laughs> yes, of course. Right. I think, <laughs> I think we need to stop. Otherwise we're just going to keep talking. I mean, we are going to keep <laughs> yeah, talking. So we're going to go and yes. sit on the Discord server, but um, we are. The, the recorded conversation will stop here, <laughs> I think. Dave, thank you very much. And again, no I, I apologize. I apologize for calling you down. I don't know where <laughs> that came so from. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Might change when it's down on Discord server now. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't do that, please. <laughs> Brilliant. Speak to you later, man. Catch you later. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, do us a favour and share us with a friend or a D&D group near you. If you'd like to directly support We Speak Common, you can by heading to the links in the description, either on this episode or via our social medias to find our Patreon. It's the best way to directly support the production of more shows like the one you listen to today. You can connect with the show on Twitter and Instagram at We Speak Common. The music in the episode is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.